0: Hello, and welcome to the Enlightened Awakening Podcast, a place of honest and authentic conversations. I'm your host, Timmy, and this week I'm flying without my co-host. And because of that, I wanted to have a conversation with you guys about something that's been on my mind the last little while. A few years back, I came across this interesting model that some call the Manifest Destiny model that talks about the way that... Our thoughts ultimately impact our destiny. And with my background in addiction and mental health, this was something that stood out to me because the way that the model is formed, it obviously has its roots, or I believe anyways, that it has its roots in cognitive behavioral therapy. For anyone who isn't familiar with this model, CBT talks about how our feelings lead to our thoughts, which lead to our actions, which further reinforce these patterns of feelings and thoughts. The manifest destiny model plays on something similar where it talks about how our thoughts lead to our words, which lead to our actions, which lead to our habits, which then becomes our character, which ultimately leads to our destiny. The reason why the manifest destiny model caught my eye the way that it did is I for a very long time have understood that my thoughts are going to be the thing that ultimately make or breaks what it is that I'm looking to achieve in my life. And I have long since acknowledged the power that thoughts possess, but I had never really thought about the way that they really do impact each and every area of our life and have such a strong determining factor on how far it is that we're ultimately going to go in life. Particularly if we have extremely high ambitions and we have a set of lofty goals that we want to accomplish with our lives, the way that we think about things, the perception that we have about those things that we're desiring to pursue, and the way that we view ourselves are going to have a significant determining factor on whether or not we're going to be able to achieve what it is that we set out to do. But I wanted to bring it back to this idea that I had talked about in the beginning, which is why it is so difficult to control our thoughts some people actually believe that it is impossible at all to control our thoughts and there's definitely some validity to that we often don't control the thoughts that pop into our heads and of course we do have the ability to determine what we're going to do with those thoughts but oftentimes thoughts come without any warning or without anything that we are doing on our end which is why most people do not believe that it's possible to control your thoughts I personally disagree with that, and I'll tell you why. The things that typically dominate our thoughts are the things that we tend to meditate on most often, and the things that we meditate on most often are typically the things that we consume, the things that we're surrounded by, the things that we are exposed to on a day-to-day basis, and these are things that are directly in our control. We can choose what it is that we watch, what it is that we listen to, what it is that we read. Who it is that we're exposed to and i believe that it's this last category here the people that we surround ourselves with the people we're exposed to that is going to be the biggest determining factor on what it is that enters our subconscious mind let's think for a moment about the way that most children behave a very common saying that we hear when it comes to children is monkey see monkey do Children are extremely perceptive, and they desire to be able to do what it is that those around them are capable of doing. This is why children naturally learn how to walk. They see everybody else walking around, and what do they want to do? They want to imitate that behavior, albeit clumsily at first. But eventually, all children, barring some sort of neurological deficiency or physical deficiency, eventually learn how to walk. It's by the same token that children are extremely capable of learning language. When they are surrounded by people who are speaking a specific language, it's only a matter of time before they start to pick it up themselves without much intentional effort on the part of, let's say, the parents. And while neuroplasticity, of course, decreases with age, the effect that our environment and those that we surround ourselves with has on us remains constant. Most of us have heard this idea that you become the average of your five closest friends and that you'll earn the same income. You'll have similar marriages. You'll have similar lifestyles as those that you spend your time with. And this is why it's extremely important for us to take a good look at those that we spend most of our time with and ask ourselves an important question. Who is it that is influencing us? And are we being influenced in a way that is going to be of benefit to us? Because as I said earlier, our inputs are what are going to determine our thoughts, but our inputs are usually decided by who it is that we choose to spend most of our time with. In his very popular TEDx talk, Daniel Ali talks about the idea of default friends. And what he describes default friends as is this. People that you naturally befriend as you go about living your life. So these would be people you would meet at school, on recreational sports teams, at church just as we go around living our life, these are people that we will naturally meet and eventually befriend some of them. Oftentimes, the only reason we are friends with these individuals is because we happen to meet them as we went about naturally living our lives. It's not very often that we go out and intentionally seek out relationships with specific individuals. Well, let's say outside of courting and dating, it's not often that we will go out of our way to build a relationship with a specific individual. But something that I was very grateful that I learned early on in my personal growth and development journey is that oftentimes our default friends are not going to be able to get us to that next level, especially if you have really high goals. That is going to mandate that we seek out people who have achieved the results that we're looking to achieve and look to build an intentional relationship with them where they're willing to take us under their wing. I am a strong believer in the idea that mentorship is the key to shortcutting your success. You don't necessarily need to have a formal mentoring relationship with someone in order for them to positively impact your life. Because we now live in a digital age where we can easily pull up content, let's say from YouTube or from somebody's website, or even open up a book and read what it is that they want to teach us. We are able to be influenced by people even if we don't know them personally, or if we haven't ever physically been in the same room as them. But it's this ease of access that also is a double-edged sword because it's just as easy to go and consume information or media on the internet that isn't leading us forward. Yuriel and I have talked in previous episodes about the way that social media and just technology in general is impacting our lives in great ways, but also not so great ways. It's my belief that these things are no more than tools. And it's ultimately up to us to decide how it is that we're going to leverage them and whether or not it's going to be a benefit or a deficit in our lives. Bringing it back to the manifest destiny model, we've chatted a lot about thoughts, but I wanted to spend some time talking about words. I believe that the power of life and death lies in the tongue. And for anybody who isn't familiar with that saying, what that means is that the words that we speak are going to have a huge determining factor on the outcomes in our lives. A lot of us don't realize that the reason that we are experiencing certain negative outcomes in our lives is because of the words that we speak. We put it out there that something bad is going to happen or that we're going to experience an unfavorable outcome. And when that eventually ends up being the case, then all we have to say is, I told you that this is what was going to happen. But we don't realize that this is actually a self-fulfilling prophecy. The words that you speak will ultimately lead to the next step in this model which is your actions and it's the actions that we take or choose not to take that are going to have a huge determining factor on the outcomes that we ultimately see in our lives. Moving on to the next step in the model, habits. From previous discussions that Uriel and I have had, you guys know at this point that we are huge proponents of routine and habits. One of the very best books that I've ever come across when it comes to habit building is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Most of us, when we try to incorporate a new habit into our life, we start with the action or the behavior, as opposed to the beliefs that are driving this behavior. And so instead of looking to change what it is that we're doing on a daily basis, we need to work on changing the way that we view ourselves, the identity that we are carrying deep within ourselves. So instead of setting the goal of going to the gym three times a week, you can tell yourself that you are adopting the identity of somebody who cares for their health and therefore is going to go to the gym three times a week. It's a subtle difference, but it can make all the difference. All right, moving on with character. When you adopt the identity of somebody who follows through and you actually reinforce that identity through consistent action that changes your character. And the reason why this is such a powerful thing to be able to do is you earn self-respect when you tell yourself you're going to do something and you actually follow through the respect of others has value but in my mind there aren't many things in this world that are more valuable than self-respect when you respect yourself and you have confidence in yourself you're able to achieve so much The hardships of life won't hit you nearly as hard when you have a solid identity that is wrapped up in self-respect. And this is why character is as valuable as it is. When you see somebody who is in excellent shape, you know that that means that they have consistently taken care of themselves and dedicated themselves to going to the gym or working out or some sort of physical activity over a prolonged period of time. When you meet somebody of good character, It's a similar thing because you know that character cannot be developed in a day. It's something that has to be the work of a very long period of time. But for me, the most beautiful thing about developing good character is the fact that it allows us to be able to move towards our destiny. I know for some people, this idea of destiny or what it is that you're meant to accomplish or supposed to accomplish on the face of this planet seems almost hokey or fluffy or something that lacks substance. The way that I personally view destiny is being able to achieve what you believe is your why. And when I say why, I'm talking about it in the way that Simon Sinek talks about it. In his book, Start With Why, Simon Sinek describes a why as your purpose, cause, or belief. While there are always exceptions, it's my belief that most people have at least some idea of what it is that they would like to actually achieve with their lives, or things that are valuable to them that they desire to pursue. And this is what the idea of destiny is tied to for me. But an overarching purpose, or cause, or mission that inspires us to take action, it's all predicated on the thoughts we think, the words we speak, the actions that we engage in, the habits we develop, the character that we grow, which as I said, will ultimately lead to the destiny that we achieve. There's one final piece of this model, though, which is legacy. Legacy is one of those intangible things that we hear talked about often, but really at its core, what is it? The way that I've interpreted this model is that destiny is what it is that we accomplish while we're here on this earth. And legacy is what we leave for people and in people when we're no longer here but leaving a worthwhile legacy is all predicated on the thoughts that we ultimately think on a day-to-day basis and everything that comes as a result of those thoughts. So what are some of the strategies that we can implement today to start taming our thought life? Something that I've talked about often is journaling. It allows you to identify patterns in your thought, to see themes in the things that dominate your thought life and to choose to make changes in an intentional way, in an effort to ultimately change what it is that we reflect on most often. I believe taking even two minutes every morning to visualize what it is we want to accomplish for the day and what we want our life to ultimately look like, the direction that we're pursuing, can make a world of difference, particularly when it's paired with intentional action. The practice of meditation is also something that I'm a big proponent on, and the way that I do this is very simple. I just take some time to be still in the morning, to try to focus on my breathing. And when a thought pops into my head, I acknowledge the thought and let it go and go back to focusing on my breathing. I really can't explain why it is that this is so effective. But for me personally, it just allows me to have a higher sense of self-awareness, which helps with catching my thoughts when they come into my mind before they ultimately have an opportunity to affect my feelings and then my actions. Positive affirmations is something that I also incorporate into my daily routine. I speak out loud what it is that I want to achieve, the identity I want to adopt, what I believe my mission and purpose here on this earth is. And it just allows me to have alignment in terms of my thoughts and words. First thing in the morning, I believe that exercise, whatever form it is, is also a critical part of allowing us to tame our thoughts. Another strategy that I have found to be very effective in terms of thought control is music. I love creating playlists and I have dozens of different playlists for specific moods, specific activities. I have a playlist that is primarily for productivity. When I have a project that I really need to focus on getting done, then I put this playlist on and I allow myself to really just focus on the music and tune into whatever it is that I'm looking to achieve. I also have specific playlists for time I want to spend contemplating certain ideas or playlist for when I just want to decompress. I also have a specific playlist for working out, which allows me to be able to get into that mindset of pushing through of consistency and seeking to gain long term results by putting in effort today. In conclusion, the Manifest Destiny model is a powerful sequence that anybody who is looking to achieve things with their life can adopt today to start moving closer to the destiny that they ultimately desire for their lives. Using this framework has added immense value to my life, and I hope that it will be able to do the same for you as well. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. As always, the continued support is greatly appreciated. And if you haven't already, Subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you like to listen to podcasts because we out here on every single platform. Stay blessed and take care.